easiest thing for you to do would be to do nothing. That'd be the easiest thing. The, the problem with the, the path of least resistance is that it's going to create the path of most resistance, not only for you as a parent, but also for your children. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Scott, of course, and... Uh, I got my good buddy, Aaron Guyatt, who I'm not even going to introduce because he's pretty kick ass. <laughs> What's up, brother? How are you doing? What's up? I mean, I've been on here before. I'm yeah. just doing it again, you know, doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I really, really enjoy having people on multiple times. So uh, I've been looking forward to this. And of course, you you uh, were very gracious to say yes right away, which was awesome. Um, and And if you're listening to this, there's a chance you're like either going to the big event like next week, or I think this will come out like right before, but if you aren't, you're going to hear a little bit of what you're missing. Cause Aaron's going to do a, a quick presentation there on rites of passage, which I am so excited about. Um, but man, you've been, you've been up to a lot lately. You're, you're super busy. You like literally just swung a hammer around for a year and, and are living with the fruits of your labor at this point. Yeah. And we still have quite a bit of work to do. And I'm, I'm building my entire garage and gym, which of course we're just overdoing that. It's like, right on. it's gotta, it's gotta fit my travel trailer in there. It's gotta give me a, an entire gym that I, uh, actually want to go to. Um, so it's going to be a two-story monstrosity, but the cool part is it's already planned. The budget was already there. Um, and uh, we've got practice on the house and it's not nearly as technical as a house. Cause there's not plumbing in there. There's not a bunch of other things. So yeah. Had you pretty like, stoked. You, you were, you were cool. And you shared like the video, uh, folder with me. So I always saw the updates and the videos mm -hmm. I mean the photo folder. I saw the updates, yep. photos and videos. And I'm like, how the heck is this guy doing this? Like, had, are you, do you have a background in construction or is this just YouTube and, sheer grit yes the latter <laughs> uh, so i will say this when i got out of the marine corps my first job was scrapping um at a construction yard in long beach um i was in costa Mesa. i lived in costa mesa at the time <clears throat> southern california and so because i got out of the marine corps and it was just there um north idaho which is where i'm at now is like where i was born and raised but, uh, so yeah, so I scrapped a yard, but the thing is like, I, uh, I, anything that I do, I, I tend to just overdo, um, and I, I want to do really well. So I went from scrapping, which is basically just cleaning up all the trash and sweeping, whatever to, I was like installing HVAC at the end of it. Um, and that was only a month. I was only wow. there for a month. Wow. Uh, so that was, and then I, and then I totally changed jobs. I was, I went into the a cancer lab and was a logistics entry level person moved up to manager, trained the manager, and then got out of that, got into fitness and then, you know, created a, built a gym and then sold that. And, uh, yeah, now I'm, and now I'm here. Uh, so, but with construction, my dad has been in construction. He's a, he was a GC, a general contractor for Washington and Idaho. Um, so he has basically done anything and everything under the sun to include build his own house. Um, and so I think that was part of it is like, man, 
I realized how human my dad is. <laughs> and I'm like, if he could do it, I could do it. And not to undersell my dad. He's a <laughs> freaking hard worker and super intelligent. Um, but and my brother's in, in construction. He's a, he's actually taking the test to be a master electrician. So he's a journeyman. He's been doing electrical forever. So it's nice to have some of the trades. Mm-hmm. I paid a plumber to do the plumbing. Cause I was like, that's something I'm for sure going to screw up. But I did the HVAC myself which is a pretty technical trade. Um, and I will say, I realized I might've overstepped <laughs> in that regard, uh, but I made it happen and I got it signed off and it, and it worked. Um, All right, well, if one yeah. side of your house is really, really hot and the other one's really, really cold, <laughs> then we'll know you really screwed up. I've, yeah. I've been blessed. I think the, I don't know if the HVAC is bad in the place I'm in right now, but like my office is the absolute coldest in the summer and it's blazing hot here in Texas and the absolute hottest in the winter, which I hate. So I yeah, plug up the vent completely in the winter and then I open it wide open and steal all the cool air in the summer. Right. <laughs> but, but man, that's not easy. I mean, there's routing and, and, you know, getting the equalization of, yeah. Oh, wow. The big, the big thing for me, there's, there's this basically this calculation and you got to do all these different calculations or whatever. The biggest thing for me was like understanding, uh, CFM cubic feet per minute, like air and how air works in your house. And so we decided not to do central air to make it a little bit easier. So we have these like mini splits in each room. And so you can have as cold and as hot as you want. So this is, uh, if you come in, if, or when you come and visit, right. You'll be able to just crank it down to low. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I think those are so smart. And I, I see yeah. people doing that. And I, I kind of dream of having either a separate office. Uh, I don't want to be where we're at now, either a separate office or an outdoor, like separate building or, yeah. well, okay, let's be honest. My, my, my dream is much of like what you're doing a, a separated shop. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're separated, but a separated yep. shop yep. with my gym, Yep. and a podcast studio and my yep. office and each one having their own system to keep warm and cool. So yep. I think, uh, I love what you've done. And I've also visited homes where that's the case. And it's so yep. nice to be able to regulate your own temperature. Yeah. I'll probably keep my office until our two daughters don't want to live with each other in the same room. And yeah. then I'll get kicked out of that office and then I'll move that office to the gym. Um, but I will definitely have a, a shoot space a, a fitness, you know, a gym space. And part of that will be like a podcasting space with more room yeah. in the gym. And then I'll have this office until I get kicked out. But then shortly thereafter, they'll be out of the yeah, house no. and it's and just I'll a be constant back in. And, so ebb and flow. Well, I, I have a garage gym. So my garage is a gym, the whole thing. Yep. And then my wife decided, as you know, to do YouTube videos. <laughs> and so now the it's... squat rack and, and everything's like slammed over the side. I've got this tiny area and she's got this beautiful, like all, you know, it's all yeah. clean and a slat wall and, or, you know, a plank wall on one side. And I made it all nice for her. I'm like, well, I really screwed myself over <laughs> But uh, you know, eventually we'll but I'll say it, it does look good. Her, I mean, her videos look great. Yeah, I think so. You I know, so. super clean. And, uh, she's smoking hot. At least I think so. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to uh, say I can't that. comment on that because my wife is the only and most beautiful woman in <laughs> the entire world. Well, that's so. why I'm willing to say that, right? <laughs> that's how we all should be thinking. There's yeah, a yeah. guy I was following on Instagram. Um, and he, it's, uh, and he, he writes all these things, just a lot of writing. And I, yeah. I kind of got tired of reading it all, but he talked about how 
your wife should be at every stage, the absolute most beautiful woman in the world. And it's more of a state of mind than it is, you know, it's, it's that beauty is within the eye of the beholder. Yeah. But he talks about the changes and it's like, yes. And I don't know if my wife is wife is as smoking hot as she is, but I think she is, but she is because uh, like that's you think she is <laughs> yeah and it's that's subjective all I care about <laughs> like yeah yeah so i i believe every guy see we're this is good stuff man every yeah guy well there, there probably is some somewhere out there some greater objective metric that we could all probably measure up on but in relationship that doesn't matter because that doesn't serve the relationship if she falls or you fall or whatever on some arbitrary or or actual objective standard because it should be subjective and the beauty should come from the intimacy not some weird aesthetic rule 100%. or whatever yeah but i will say i mean your wife is beautiful thank you sir. i think i can say that without being a creep i've right? never seen a photo of yours so i'm gonna have to I, you know, I just want to come visit, but the, she uh, hates being in the limelight. So you will never see her. <laughs> Unless, yeah, you yeah. will have to meet her in person. No, she, I will. If you can somehow tap into her Instagram, she's got that lockdown on private, oh private. My gosh. So yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I just, man, I hope that every man sees his wife the way that we see ours. Like I, I yeah. just, I, I want As it so should bad be. to, exude this and for men to understand when you really tap into the beauty of your wife like put away all your stupid ideas put away all those things that you saw when you shouldn't have been looking put away all those things and really fix your eyes on your wife and be in awe of her and that's yeah. man it's it's so freaking awesome sorry just totally took us for a side no but the thing is women are going to be more beautiful than men. And so then there's this sort of like other gender standard that is beauty. Okay, there's going to be beauty. Yep. But then we have taken that and stolen the intimate connection and beauty that we see in our wives by putting up this weird, say that's a cool uh, effect. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, putting up this like extramarital standard of beauty and and then pursuing that and the problem with that pursuit is that it will never end that is a bottomless pit that will only lead to depravity yeah. and then and then uh self isolation and all sorts of other things which are the opposite of connection and and marital bliss or or marital relationship or deep intimacy in a, in another relationship with a with a woman Right. And, and so, and then on, on top of that, then we've over-sexualized it as well. So it's beauty, but then it's over-sexualized and then it becomes porn. And then, I mean, now you're in another rabbit hole that you'll never find the end of, and it will only steal from your own actual connection and intimacy that you could have with your wife. So if you could just toss all that crap yep. and focus on her and, and, if you have to, you may have to reset and relearn what is intimacy and what is her beauty and why is she so beautiful and why, you know, is she the one for you? Um, but in that journey, you will find that the beauty keeps unfolding and that becomes an endless journey, which is how marriage should be, oh, not man. some pursuit of some other endless journey. Well, you right? just said the word that was on my mind is pursuit. 
like so yeah. wild at heart. Um, I'm just trying to. I was yeah. looking behind me because I was trying to think of the, the author. The book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, John Eldridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he writes about this. This part really stuck with me with the book, and he's like, "We need to be pursuing mm-hmm. things, and mm-hmm. you know, intimacy with your wife takes pursuit. And as yeah. soon as you get an easy card." You really like you're just going down the wrong path, and and I, I don't care if you feel convicted. You should if you're hearing this, but it's just not it's it's not a journey for for um, peace and fulfillment. And yeah, but on the other hand, as a husband, I believe, and I've been working really hard on this, but I believe that I should do my absolute best to be as strong and as fit and as healthy. For my wife as I can and my family. And, um, you know, my wife said something to me a while back and she's like, I was at the post office and there was a lot of guys in there, but there weren't any men in there. I was like, and she goes, flabby, no muscle, <laughs> weak, slouched. Um, yeah. and, and she's like, and she goes, the more hard you get. And she meant like, you know, uh, facial hair and, and working out. And she, and she said, the sexier you become and because <laughs> I feel more secure, you are taking care of things. And I want men to hear that because I think there's a lot in there. And we go into the psychology of and all the things that are going in our, in our society right now with, um, soft men and men without fathers or boys without fathers, yeah. this, the, the destruction of what's going on is, is, based on this, this lack of masculinity, this lack of men stepping up to the plate. And I I challenge you guys go look around and look at the men or look at the the males in the building and say, are they a man or not? And oh my gosh, my mind is blown. Now I'm a little biased. I'm like, there's a bunch of pansies in this place. What is wrong with these guys? But I just, if you, if you having a hard time getting your wife to, to pay attention to you, pay more attention to her and pay more attention to your own physique and your own working on yourself. Yeah. One, 1000%. Well, so, you know, in that book as well, and just, I think generally speaking, we're, we're, we're to pursue adventure. And part of that adventure is pursuing our wives. Mm -hmm. But like, for instance, for me, like I've been pursuing the adventure that was building the house. And so maybe in this case, it's like slaying a dragon or something like that, right? Slay the dragon, pursue the, the, the woman, and you got to do the training to be able to do those things. But I got, you know, super sucked into that and wasn't pursuing my wife. And now I'm, I'm back. Like I'm, I'm having to hit reset myself. Like I never fell out of love with her. I never saw her as, as, you know, not beautiful, but she, she definitely felt less beautiful because I was pursuing building this home and gone most of the time and not, you know, telling her how much I love her and not showing her all the different ways that I can show her that I love her showing her in the way that I'm building a house. Yeah. But, and so I could be like, Oh, at the end of the day, like, Hey, I built a house for you, but it's like, yeah, but I don't feel beautiful. Okay. That's on me. You know, I mean, yeah, some of that's on her, but that's on me really. Like I should be able to, pursue that. And so the cool part is now that we're in this home together, we get to reconnect in that way. And so now our intimacy gets to dive even deeper because we did spend some time apart. I was going off to slay a dragon, so to speak, right? Now I'm coming back to her to 
and I slayed the dragon. So now I get to try to make her again, feel more secure, not only because the dragon is slayed and, and it, it's not coming around, but because, Hey, I love you and I'm here for you and I'm going to fight for you. And I'm going to fight for our kids. But the, the male nowadays, they have no adventure, right? They're not pursuing. They're not pursuing a woman. They're oh, not no. pursuing. They're just, they're pursuing these fleeting, uh, flaccid, like crap versions of adventure, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, like socials or, or it's in some dead end job or it's, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, or they think, Oh, it's the next woman swipe, right. It's the next woman swipe, right. It's the next woman swipe, right. It's like, no, it's the woman that you're going to dedicate your life to and dedicate your pursuit of her. That's going to be the one, right? right. Not, not the next I don't know, size boob or whatever this, you know, whatever crappy, you know, sub standard. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay. That's going to get you about, you know, this far in your life, life's adventure. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hit that end real quick. And then you're going to just keep doing that. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, That, that, that to me is the rite of passage. Like, that's why I want to say, Hey, this is when you, this is when you get to own being a man or own being a woman. And this is what that's going to entail. It's not going to be some fleeting version. This episode is brought to you by Dapper Guru. Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code BROTHERHOOD, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products you should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go place an order, place a small order, check it out. uh, And you will know why we use these products. Well, you're using the term slaying dragons. That's something my wife and I have picked up on recently. It's probably Mm. Jordan Peterson. We've listened to these. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and it's really works for me. I mean, I, we had our 26th anniversary and we actually pulled into the hotel that I, I got and there's this huge massive it's massive it's a company fury athletics and they build athletic hats it's a new company mm-hmm. um close to us and they have this massive dragon um sculpture and it's all like chromed it's i mean i don't know if it's 20 feet tall i don't it's, it's big and um and we just had listened to this slaying dragon so you know we we play on that a lot but Sometimes as men, we have to go slay the dragon, you know, for you mm-hmm. building the house. And for me, like right now, I'm in a season of doing a lot of work to slay that dragon so I can come back and bring the spoils. I know it's kind of a corny thing, but for me, I really embrace that because um, it's it's incredibly important. But then there's that balance you talked about, like, yeah, we need to be slaying that dragon, but we're also needing to fuel and feed and, and nurture our wives and our kids. Yeah. And so I, I love this conversation because um, those things, it's a balance. Yeah. That's impossible. However, you should always be pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I always, I always say balance is bullshit stuff yeah, it is. Uh, and it's about priorities, right? Mm-hmm. Prioritizing. And then sometimes like 
sometimes you got to prioritize slaying that dragon, which means that you got to put, you know, pursuing the damsel, right? Pursuing your wife and pursuing and, and intentionally parenting your kids down for a moment. Not, not forgetting that those are the most important things, but it's like, yo, I mean, if I can't, if I don't have anything to steward to be an intentional parent with you or to make you feel secure in this home, like, well, then I got to go out and make sure that that happens. And I got to trust that, you know, your maternal, not only instincts, but prowess is going to be enough for this household during that moment. And then I am going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to be a better father and I'm going to be a better husband. Uh, yeah. To think that it could, everything can be perfectly categorized and organized and perfectly balanced is a great way to set yourself up for massive failure and disappointment. <laughs> Always be disappointed. I, I tried to figure out a way to say it. I'm like, well, you kind of got to be in harmony. And that just sounds silly. It sounds like sissy stuff, but it really is. It's like, I need to, there's priorities. And I, that's mm -hmm. where I go into my value ladder. Okay. What's yep, the most important 100%. thing and then yeah. next and then next. And that's how I have to focus. And then, yeah. um, you know, still <laughs> slaying the dragon, but also taming the home and, and bringing, you know, bringing the daily spoils, if you will, so that you can, so that you're feeding. I think a lot of guys escape in the dragon. Like they stop slaying yeah. the dragon and oh, they're yeah. sleeping with the dragon. It's like, you know, the horrible job or, oh, yeah. Uh, or even a really good job and yeah. just totally just ignoring kids, ignoring wife. Oh man. I would say that's a really large percentage yeah. or, or instead of uh, surrounding themselves, <laughs> finding men, like I found you, I'm like, you know, we, we were introduced and I'm like, okay, this is a guy I want to use to sharpen my sword instead of just like the guy that has always been there. That's just kind of, eh, you know, you're not going anywhere. That, yeah. that relationship's not doing anything. Um, yeah. So one thing that, that we are going to talk about, and you're going to be talking about at the big event, and by the time they listen to this, it's either happened or about to happen, but right. is, is rite of passage. You missed your chance if you I didn't know. sign up. You better, you better early bird sign up the next one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just talked to a guy of, a, of an event we're going to do in Houston. Um, nice. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. But um, yeah. the, uh, you're going to be talking about rites of passage. Now- mm -hmm. I'm going to be a little susceptible here, a little, a little raw. My oldest is 18. Yeah. And my youngest is 14. Mm -hmm. And I am way behind, way mm -hmm. behind. And so I did uh, a long road trip with my 18-year-old. And there was no, the intentionality was just spending time. But there mm -hmm. was, you know, I look back and I'm like, there's so much more we could have built to do. And we could have. I infused hard things into it, but it was, mm -hmm. it was manufactured at the moment because that's what I had. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I can't, yeah. I can't look back. So for yeah. me to have someone like you, who's intentionally doing this with your family, you got young kids, mm -hmm. um, really young kids, and mm -hmm. you're already like pinning this down and you're actually, I believe building or have built curriculum around this, which really mm -hmm. excites me for other men. So I'm screaming from the mountaintops. Don't wait till it's too late. Like yeah. I did. It's not too late. My son's going to be fine. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. there, there's, it, were, it wasn't like you were a completely lazy, unintentional parent, right? <laughs> like you were very well, intentional uh, after, <laughs> after a little while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was slaying right. the dragons. I was, I was building yeah. businesses and gotcha. um, ignoring the kingdom, but uh, that was early fatherhood. But so this is something you're very intentional about with very young kids. Yeah. 
So yeah, let's I, talk about that, man. Yeah, I mean, well, so number one, I think every, so I, I think most men that are coming to this big event didn't have any uh, grueling, and when, uh, I will set the record straight a, a bit here. Rite of passage, rite means ritual, right? It's R-I-T-E. It's not the right to, to have it um, in your life, like, because it's not a right. It's not, it's totally, um, whether it's going to happen to you culturally or not. And so, and so technically, we could say that the United States, if you're in the United States and you're listening to this, or maybe Canada, right? Um, a couple of rites of passage that, that we got to experience, uh, a drinking age, a voting age, uh, being able to fight uh, in the military age, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. not all of us chose to, to pursue that ritual, right? And then, that, and then pass through that. Uh, driving, right? Graduating high school, graduating elementary school, like some of those things. But th- those have become so... <laughs> I will, I will say those have become so flaccid in, in oh, the yeah. U.S. because it's, it's rote at this time. There's very little intentionality behind it. And there is other problematic pieces to that, you know, potentially some propaganda that's going on in that, right? And trying to turn your child into something that maybe you don't want your child to turn into and, and vice versa, right? It's, uh, uh, they can, you could see it from both perspectives. Um, so I'm not going to point blame and I'm not going to, you know, say names or anything, but this is kind of what is going on. So there's this ho-hum existence. So some guys are really attractive to the Jocko Willink types. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, stay hard. Uh, what's it? Oh. <laughs> Son of a gun. Why have I totally Andrew, brain Andy Frisella? No. Yeah. Um, well, him too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Oh, but, uh, David Goggins. <laughs> David Goggins, the Goggins way, right? Like, yeah. um, right. So, so uh, some of us are attracted to this and we're attracted to it because we have this big chunk of our soul that's missing this component. Agreed. So, so a lot of this was just part and parcel to being raised in whether it's a, like a farm type culture, right? Agrarian type culture or a hunting culture or a warrior culture, right? You, you have these three cultures and there's going to be things that, that you just cannot do as a child that you have to get strong enough and train at and learn the skills and watch your dad do it enough times or watch your mentor or teacher do it enough times and then practice it enough times to become competent at it. And then there's a moment where boom, it all shifts. You have the strength, you have the size, you have, you know, everything and you shift it into this. And some of these cultures have created traditions around this and, Mm -hmm. and actually had people walk through vision quests or, you know, go and do this hard thing to prove, lift this heavy stone. And once you can lift this heavy stone, now you're a part of our, our warrior class, right. Or, you know, whatever the case might be. And so there, there were, there were these feats that you had to accomplish that went along with this ritual that helped you own and the community around you own the fact that you have stepped into this new realm of being you've gone from, like your wife said, being a guy in the post office to being a man. Like I'm a man now. And so we don't have this. So we seek other people and other things to, to have these things happen to our souls and to our lives. Whereas what you could do as a parent 
is you could set this up for your child so they don't feel lost and aimless in the world. And so they know, you know, and the community or their local world knows that they've stepped into this new realm of being. And so daughters can do this, sons can do this, right? Uh, and, and then you can shape it around what, okay, so what should an adolescent be able to do, know, have to be a, a competent and confident adolescent? And then can I get agreement with my community that's around me, my spheres of influence that are around me, where they're like, yep, no, I agree with that. Or what most people say to me is like, whoa, bro, that's like, that seems intense. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, these are just basically high expectations, but it, they're not, they're not undoable expectations. The, the, so the beauty of, if you, if you set these standards, right, if you set this expectation and then therefore you set this rite of passage so they can own you, you can watch them own and the community can agree with them in their ownership of adolescence or adulthood. And, and I see those as two big rite of passage moments for them when they go from tween to like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adolescent with a purpose, right? I've got, I've got meaning behind my adolescent years. And I understand that my adolescent years might be still really troublesome and formative years to move me into adulthood so that I can be a, a good adult, but I am not a child anymore. Right. And, and you're not going to call me a child. The community is not going to call me a child. And I can own that I'm not a child anymore. Um, so anyway, so the beauty of having these standards, having this, these expectations is that it forces the parent and the community to be intentional, to train this person up to these expectations. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that is what we've lost. We're like, oh, well, the school's going to do this part of the expectations piece for me. And then, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll kind of make sure they have right and wrong, but the church and, and their Sunday school is going to, you know, teach them most of that stuff. And we've become lazy and Pawning unintentional. Yeah. We are just like the wife conversation. We're not pursuing our children, right? We're not pursuing our wives. We're not pursuing our children. We're not helping them understand what's respect, what's morality, right? What is, what is to be expected physically, psychologically um, in my life? We've, we've allowed shows and all sorts of other influences to come in and, and mold them and shape them to whatever they think their, you know, end game is. Most of them, I would it seems to me don't seem to have a very good grasp on anything are either valueless or the values that they hold are definitely not the ones that I want my kids to hold. Yeah. Right. And so I'm swooping in, I'm going to be intentional about this. Even if that means I've got to reprioritize my life a bit so that I can spend intentional time with my children, with my wife, so that they can be armed and, and, and be, be able to pursue the world knowing that they can just strut out this way higher expectation. Like, dude, my kids are already learning to drive because that's going to be a very important piece 
to them being able to help our family sustain, have sustainable living, mm -hmm. right? They need to be able to go take this truck and put the trailer on and then go haul this stuff over here while I'm going over and, and doing this piece, right? So I need them ready at 13 to be able to do that, not, not 16. And fortunately, Idaho, we, we allow for that if, if, we, if you have like an agricultural exemption or whatever. Um, but to me, it's like they can learn some of these things and yeah, maybe it's higher expectation stuff, but it's not, not doable. And maybe they don't have the maturity. So maybe I'm not letting them go into town and do all sorts of crazy stuff with my vehicle. Uh, but <laughs> they still know how to competently and confidently stride this thing out. Well, and everything you're saying society right now, at least what I'm seeing my perspective, my perception observation is going in the opposite directions. Here's what, here's what school will teach them how to be good citizens and how to follow rules um, and teach them the necessary knowledge, which isn't knowledge at all. It's usually just, there's no Brain critical dumping. thinking going. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then they go to college. And if you don't go to college, you're not passing this rite of passage. This is the, the journey that we've been talking about with my son who's 18, doesn't want to go to college. He's like, ah, yeah. why? I don't even understand you, mm -hmm. We still fight people saying, well, I, I don't understand. You're taking a gap year. Okay, you're going to go. He's like, no. Like, maybe, but yeah, right maybe. now, no. Hell yeah. no. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. like, no. But this societal, like, rite of passage of college, but it's getting softer and softer. And I like your word, flaccid. Uh, I know kids 18, 19, 20, 21 who aren't driving yet. They don't have their license yet. Like, I don't need it. I got people driving around. I got Ubers. And I'm like, what happens when shit hits the fan? And you've got to get yourself somewhere. You are in trouble. Yeah. Like right now, you are in trouble. You have no way to sustain your own life. And I think we have to look at things from that lens. You know, my son, my 14-year-old my is, uh, we talk through the driving thing all the time. Unfortunately, I don't live in the country. And him driving would be, Texas is, boy driver be killed i mean go fast or be killed um but uh well to to be fair it's it's like half california now so it's basically california driving in texas <laughs> some parts especially, yeah yeah um it's just hotter it's yeah just yeah but yeah i just i'm just disgusted i'm absolutely disgusted and yeah. i'm disgusted at parents thinking that school is going to teach their kids and it's yeah. going to teach them the skills you know, and hey, look, this is coming from a public educator for 15 years. And my kids, uh, Bryson went through public education. Corbin's wrapping up. He's got his last four years. But don't get me wrong. If things go the way they're going still and continue to go there, he's out in a millisecond. He knows that. He's pulled. Mm -hmm. He's gone. He's done. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he. we're prepping him for that. So I really like what you're doing. Uh, where does it start? I mean, it, it does. Yeah. It, it does produce a intentionality. I think a lot of people yeah. are lost and don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I think it, you have to begin with the end in mind. You have to, I mean, in the same way that if you're going to pursue your own health and fitness and strength for your wife, let's say, right. Um, you got to begin with the end in mind there too. It's like, okay, what, like, what, a, what is a man, what is a man able to do? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of, so then some of it is like learning what, what is even possible, right? In, in these realms, um, what are way too high of expectations? What's something that I can actually get behind? What do I believe in? 
So like for me, like our family is really clear on our family purpose. We're really clear on our family values. We've got like a coat of arms and like all this stuff listed. Um, and so most things for our family stem out of our, our three values, which is Christ likeness, sacrificial love and servant leadership. Um, and then, and so that, okay, so what is, what is the end? And, and like you said, think about what if, you know, the proverbial ish hits the fan. <laughs> okay. What would I want if I, if I die today, or if I die in five years from now, what do I want my daughters? What do I want my son to be able to know and own that I could have taught them in the time that I had that I, and maybe I didn't teach them. Um, so like for me, I break it down into categories. I'm like, there's, there has to be a high level of, of physical acumen and physical fitness mm -hmm. because so much of our technology and our convenient lifestyles could be gone tomorrow. Um, stranger things have happened. If we just look in history, right. Stranger things have happened, uh, to whole societies, right. Whole nations. Mm -hmm. even. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you're going to have to be able to run. You're going to have to be able to ride a bike. You're going to have to be able to swim really well. Uh, you're going to have to be able to walk really far. You're going to probably have to be able to walk really far loaded. Um, so those are some basics. Uh, you're probably going to need to put some, put some basic push strengths and basic pull strengths and basic squat strengths and basic hinge strength, right. And basic rotational strength. You probably need a little bit of speed with all those as well. You probably need a little bit of endurance with all those as well. I'm not trying to make you the master of one thing. I am trying to make you the jack of all trades, which, which normally is a, like, is a negative, right? Connotation. I jack of all so. trades means you yeah. are master of none. At the same time, when it comes to physical acumen, it's like being a jack of all trades is going to at least set you up for success. And then if you end up specializing in some area because you become a baseball player or a hockey player or something like that, or, or uh, you professional boxer, I, like, I don't know, I'm just throwing crap out right now, but uh, then you're probably going to specialize in some of these areas. And, and so speed and coordination is going to be super high for a baseball player. Right. right. Um, whereas you and you're going to have a decent amount of strength and you're going to have, but your endurance doesn't really need to be there. You like mainly just standing there. Uh, <laughs> no offense to any of the baseball players out there. Uh, <clears throat> but so, right. So Jack of all trades when it comes to physical fitness, but then man, so, okay. So if you just reverse engineer that, right. So if I start with the end in mind, physical acumen, okay. So probably you're going to need a weekly, at least if not a daily regimen of some sort of walking, some sort of running, some sort of swimming, some sort of push, maybe push ups. It's a pretty easy one. Body weight. We all have a body. We all have the ground. We all have gravity, uh, pull-ups probably can find a bar or something to do a pull up on or create one pretty cheaply and easily. Uh, you could do body weight squats. You could do body weight hinges. Uh, you do lunges. I mean, there's a bunch of, you could watch your wife's exercise videos and she has all of those things. And so <laughs> uh, shameless plug there, yeah, just yeah, cause I know. You. Yeah. Um, but it's true, right? Like yeah. she does all of that stuff. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. All of the time. Um, and that's just the physical. So, so then if that's the case, chances are, you know, they're going, your kids are going to do a lot more of what they see you do than what you tell them to do. 
yeah. right? A lot more is caught, not taught, right? That whole saying. And if, and if that is the case, it's like, well, I better get off my butt and do some of this stuff. And I'll probably have to do some of this stuff with them. Um, and then some of it, they might just be stoked on and do it themselves. And the, and the key to walking out their curriculum is, is one, creating a habit and routine so that it's not even thought about. It's just automatic, right? Yep. This is just part of what we do in this household. This is just what we do. Um, and, and so if people are like, oh, well, you could say that because you're into fitness and da, 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 da. I guarantee you, you look at your routine that you do and you watch your kids, your kids do the exact same thing. You, if you sit on your ass at the end of the day and watch shows, your kids are probably doing the exact same thing, whether it's in their room on their little iPhone, which I will not even talk about that and, don't, and the don't issues with that. Don't even get me started, but, but, but right. It's like your kids are doing the exact same things. I guarantee if you, from when they were born or starting now, if you can't do it, if you can't plant a tree 20 years ago, plant it today, right? That's the next best time to do it. If you started consistently doing it, your household would probably start to do some of those things whether you taught them to do it and, and asked them to do it and expected that of them or not, just because you're consistently doing it. Yeah. Um, I've never had to ask my 14 year old to, to work out. Yeah. He just, and then now it's just part of it's, it's, he does it. He just, when I'm gone, he goes into the gym and he works out. He always likes it better when I'm here, but um, it, it's the proof is there. I mean, he's just lived yeah. it. He's seen it his whole life. Yeah. Both Same his mom kids. and I do it in the morning. And so I'm going to go out in the morning and I'm going to work out. And it, yeah. I've seen it over and over and over again. And I've seen it in the wrong ways. People have seen it in the right ways of people. Um, yeah. I don't want to derail you, but man, do I get fired up when I see families with kids on their devices at stores, wow. at restaurants, I'm like in a car, can't just put the freaking thing away. Let them like, I'm like, uh, well, let's no, let's take that diversion uh, and go with it because it's not a diversion. If the proverbial ish hits the fan, guess what? The first thing is that's gone and becomes the most expensive that. paperweight that you've ever owned. Yeah. Those things, right. That is not going to help your kid in uh, well, even think about this. If you're worried, you know, most people that are on their devices all the time, probably frantically worried and anxious about active shooter scenarios and, and <laughs> self-defense scenarios and things like that. Guess what's not going to help your kid in a self-defense and active shooter type scenario. They're not going to be able to be left of bang because they're not going to see what's going on from a situational awareness standpoint to get the heck out of there before things get bad because they've been buried in their phone and that's what they're taught to do. Mm -hmm. And they're not taught to get their head up on a swivel, which is what my kids now my kids say it. They're like, head on a swivel. You know, wow, they get around awesome. traffic, head on a swivel. It's like looking, listening, looking, listening. And, uh, and, and it's weird. It, it, like most people are like, oh, well, you're, you're probably some crazy military, like drill instructor, drill sergeant, you know, drilling this into them. No, no, I've just been consistent with yep. it. And it's just something that I say. So now it's something that they say just today, my, my youngest Jack, he's three years old going on four going on 14, uh, <laughs> freaking crazy man. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> today, first time I heard him say it, like not even thinking about it. I can't remember who said, can't somebody said, can't Ellie said, oh can't, Oh, they're like, Oh, I can't do this. And Jack's like, can't means won't. <laughs> and just said it. I was like, Oh, I love you so much, kid. Yeah. I love yeah. you so much. Well, we have to talk it out too. Like I, there's a lot in modeling and doing 
And then um, last two weeks ago, I was in church and it's a big church and we all know the risk, especially with the way things are right now of maybe an active shooter situation in the churches. And I I interviewed JT Farr, who's going to be at the event as well. And he trains churches, he trains missionaries, he trains regular people. Um, Checked out his resume, pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so I was at church and I look over and there's this guy and he's carrying a bag that comes across his chest. And it's like, you you guys carry handguns and bags. I mean, it's like right there, right? Boom, hand in. And he's looking around and he's really looking and he's walking super suspiciously. And I'm just like, go into like this mode. And I'm like, okay, this is how I get my wife down and my boys down. If something happens, this is what I do. If something happens, of course, I've elevated my, my status. I'm going to be the hero, but you know, I'm playing through this all in my head. And, um, and then he gets far enough down and I realize he has a camera and he's a cameraman. I'm like, I need to talk to the church about the way the guy carries himself because it's freaking scary. Um, But what I did is at home, I told my, talked my boys and my wife through that scenario. I'm like, you've got to watch for odd things going on. You have to keep your head up and always have, and I'm not trying to be paranoid, Mm -hmm. but it's a reality. It's survival Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and just pay attention because it will save you uh, some, some issues in the future, but we also can talk through it. And I think that's really, you know, and I wasn't telling them the shame on you for not noticing. I was just like, Hey, this is what I noticed. Here's what we do in that scenario. And I think we always have to be aware that we're, we are, um, we're the pillar. We've got to, we've got to be paying attention and guess what everybody, when I look around, when I looked around, it was before the service actually started. When I looked around, guess what everybody was doing? Yeah. Boom. They had their head in the phone. No one. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I know there's people planted in that church ready to go. They're, yeah, they're, for sure. They're in, they're in for place sure. and they're, but I was still like, golly. So I love that. You're well, we're that. apex predators that act like prey, 100%, like most of the time, generally speaking. Yeah. Humans are apex predators, not because of our talons and our teeth, but because of our intellect. Mm-hmm. And we act like prey because we're constantly in this kephotic, couch computer car cell phone position that that is a a sign of i'm not doing very well i'm going to digress and protect myself and comfort myself i'm going to go to black code black right um and and i'm going to protect myself but we're not we're just on our devices or whatever but any other animal out there especially and specifically apex predators could see that to include human apex predators can see that and be like got you yeah. got you mother you yeah. know like yeah. you're you're mine you're done you're so done right now well i want to uh, i want to clarify we're not paranoid no. i'm not paranoid i don't walk around scared however i'm not unrealistic also yeah so and and well and i've had the unfortunate circumstance of being in literal firefight ambushes yeah. right yeah. in combat right and so obviously the the baseline there is a little bit different but the thing is, we teach something in the Marine Corps called Combat Hunter, and, and that's been something that I've been teaching for the last shoot, six or seven years. And, and now I've rolled it into a civilian version of it. And cool. Yusuf um, Badu, he actually has a company that, that does this, that if your corporation is interested in it or you're interested in it, you can get involved and actually learn the, the ins and outs, get in the weeds with this stuff. But that mm-hmm. is another thing that I reverse engineer for my kids. It's like, how do you establish a baseline? What does baseline mean? It means this is what normal looks like. 
And then what's above baseline. So like is something put into this scenario, like your cameraman guy, right? Where is something's off here, right? Or is something taken away, man, usually this greeter is here every single day. And now the greeter is gone. And that seems a little bit fishy. And that seems a little bit weird. Why is the greeter gone? And so you're just going through potential scenarios, right? By looking at a stat, you've already established your baseline and now you're above and below baseline checking yourself to go. Mm. And, and that is every active shooter situation. There's a baseline and then something is off on that baseline, whether it's above or below or both. And every single time, if you notice that, and a lot of times you're like, people will say at the end of some crazy traumatic event, they'll be like, oh man, just something didn't feel right. I don't right. really know. And it's all of these Trust. small little intricacies that you notice, but don't notice. Right. And your gut was trying to tell you something and you never refine that skill to know how to really articulate what's going on with the gut and then make decisions behind that. Um, but you could have followed your gut and probably would have been saved, but instead you had to witness something horrific or whatever, or you did follow your gut. And now you heard about something in, in, you know, afterwards that is something horrific. And it's like, right. but we can teach our kids this and not turn them into, like you said, like freaked out, anxious, you know, worried wrecks. They, it can actually arm them with confidence and competence, you know. This episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is brought to you by Direct Hemp. Direct Hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better. We're waking up more refreshed. We're falling asleep faster. We're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is. And these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery, it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, it improves memory and aids in weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through Direct Hemp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy. You know, yeah, and I've heard, I've learned these lessons hard, Aaron. I mean, I, I don't come from a military background. I don't have that experience. I don't have that training. Nine years ago, I was driving, my boys were young, obviously, and I was driving, I lived on a hill and uh, in a town that was, it, it, a lot of homelessness, a lot of drug use in Oregon. And I was dry. I, I got into my car. So Portland, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm South of Portland. No, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I had, it was teed up. I just, Oh, oh my gosh. Whoa, no way. <laughs> but uh, I'm driving down the hill in, in our neighborhood and there's these three, there's a gal and two guys and they're wearing hoodies and it's hot and it's all like, you know, just like, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. So I drive to go pick up my boys from school. And I come home, park, we walk in the house and my son comes out of the room and, and my dog's acting weird. And he comes out of the room and he makes some statement about a realtor. And I'm like, what? 
I'd never had a conversation with them. Those three people had come in through my dog door in the basement and had already stuffed bags full of cash, computers, uh, yeah. sunglasses. I, I just owned a uh, bike shop, so they grabbed like a whole rack of sunglasses and pulled them all out because I had leftover stuff from when I closed the bike shop down. And, and they moved on, but there was, one guy was still in the house. He was in my closet. Mm. My son, he walked by my son, and here's this guy confronting me in my home, and um, I get my phone out. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have yeah. a plan. And yeah. he pushed me, and he left. And because he pushed me, they found him. Because he pushed me, he got put in prison. He was yeah. and put in yeah. prison. But here's the deal. My son met this guy in my it's a massive closet, in the closet, thinking it was a realtor. My son was like eight years old. Dude. Um, and then my other guy was whatever. I wish sick. I'm off. I would. And guess what? <laughs> they had spent time on my gun case in the basement Oof. trying to pry it open. I mean, and these they they all took all the stuff. The, the the three of them got away. They all took it. They sold it. They bought meth. They went and got, you know, yeah. whatever. But I'm like, this circumstance could have been so bad, could have been yeah. so horrible. Yeah. And I wasn't trained. I didn't, I, I, I saw things that I should have responded to and I should have paid attention to. And I don't want other people to be in that scenario. I don't want yeah. other people to be caught off guard. I don't want yeah. their kids to go like, why is there someone in my house? This, oh, and this yeah. must be a realtor. Like who thinks that? <laughs> but well, um, I mean, if you're, if you're an eight-year-old and the guy says he's a realtor, it's like the eight-year-old's like, okay, I guess yeah. he's a realtor. I don't know what a realtor looks yeah. like. Yeah. You knew yeah. you're like, oh snap. I that just. Is- yeah. My life flashed before my eyes and that man, what, but what a redeeming moment, what a moment, you know, a great wake up call oh. for, for you. It's like, okay, I can, I can now double down on, on figuring out, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it to make a plan so that I never have to feel, uh, I mean, I, I've, I felt the same you know, and this is, this is like more spiritual warfare stuff or whatever, but I felt the same with my daughter when I was like, you know, I just, I felt so vulnerable that, you know, she had some sort of weird recurring dream and demonic mm-hmm. presence thing going on. And I just felt so, I felt the same way. I, I just felt so vulnerable yeah. I'm like, man, I'm supposed to be this great warrior. Like for me, it's like, I wish a mother would come into my yeah. house and right. they're, they're going to realize they came into the wrong house. Uh, but for, I mean, in this case it was spiritual. And so like, well, I mean, you can't punch a ghost, you know, you can't, it's like, <laughs> and then I, so then for me, it, that was a great wake up call for my spiritual journey. Um, but this is actually perfect in the rites of passage. It's like, I also want my kids to be able to defend themselves. And I, and I don't, I also don't want to lie to my daughters and say, you're going to be able to beat up boys. You're going to be able to beat up men. It's like, I'm going to train them. So hopefully they can do if they, first of all, if they find themselves in that situation, then they ignored all of the the training and the things that they've learned up until that point, or they right. willfully chose into that situation, which they shouldn't have. Right. And so that's a lesson in itself for them. And it's going to break my heart. Um, but it's like, Hey, that's, I can't, I can't walk life as them. They have to walk life as yep. them. So I can only give them what I can give them as a guide and a parent and, and right. And a, and a educator in their life. 
But, uh, and so it's like, I want them to have self-defense and be okay with being violent for a self-defense reason only, right? But more importantly, have the wherewithal to have situational awareness and to either look into or get the heck out of create space, right? Um, and create time gaps mm -hmm. if they see things that are going on that are not so good. And so that's part of my rite of passage. And yeah. then part of the curriculum is then to teach them how to do that. And it starts when they're literally just able to walk and crawl. It's like understanding that you look both ways when you get to a road, right? Things like that. Okay. Parents do, but then we could take it to the next level. And it's like, when you're in a restaurant, when you're in a church, when you're in a parking lot, when you're in your neighborhood and you see something that is not normal to that area, go and get a, an adult, yep. right? Cause going and getting an adult is typically an, a, a, an adult that, you know, right. That you can trust, right. Your parents, or if, if you've created a good enough relationship with neighbors or friends or, you know, whatever the case might be pastors and what, whatnot. Um, and then, but also part of that is like, then you, unfortunately you have to teach things like your private area only gets looked at and, and touched by your parents. And then when, you know, dad and you get a certain age, then only your mom. And when mom and you get a certain age, then it's only your dad for the, you know, sons. And if anybody else wants to, you know, do that, even a doctor, you come and get mom and dad, Yep. you come and talk to mom and dad. Right. And so you're, you're able to talk through all, and most parents, it's like, they don't think about it until it's too late. I know, I know, I, you know, like I was sexually abused as a kid and I told my mom way later when I finally like wrestled through this work through this or whatever. And I remember it broke my heart, but now I think about it and I'm like, oh, well, I think that's a pretty, she's bummed at herself. Right. And she was, she just denied it like straight up yeah. denied it was like, nah, no, that didn't really happen. I'm like I'm, I literally told you in detail what happened. And with who, I, why would I make this up 12 years later to make myself feel better, to make you feel like crap? Like, I'm not trying to make you feel like crap. I'm just trying to tell you like, and now she's a much more wherewithal and aware grandparent with my kids because she now knows that story, even though she denied it, but she felt so bad yeah. and so vulnerable yeah. because she let that happen, but she didn't let that happen. She wasn't like, Hey, come on over and do stuff to, you know? Yeah. Like it, it just, that, that stuff can happen. And, and if you don't have those conversations, man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can fall to peer pressure even as a 40 year old, 41 year old adult, yep. you know? Yep. So what is a 13 year old kid, a nine year old kid going to do? They're Six year old kid. There's, and that's the, that's the training thing. I mean, even to the yeah. point where I taught my boys, if someone's bullying you and it's to a point, this is exactly the steps you take to deal with it and let's practice it. And yeah. um, I'm like, there's a, there is, and I will yeah. tell everybody, if you have boys, even girls, there is a moment when you need to strike, you need to strike hard, you need to incapacitate this person as fast as you can yeah. to either get, get rid of that of dominance over you. Cause I had to do this as a youth. I had to, you know, I had to yeah. squash that bullying and, and just yeah. take control because there's adults out there that won't. And yeah. you live in a world where, um, either you can take control or you're going to be dominated your entire life. So there's so many scenarios that we really have to think through, have to train, 
have to practice so that I believe that if my son is bullied to the point at that point, he's not even going to think about it. And he's not going to make the mistakes I made. I wasn't ready to punch somebody when it was time to punch somebody. I remember my, my wrist went limp and it was almost like a, like, yeah, it was like, (laughs) I'm like, cause I wasn't committed. I didn't understand. And and I'm like, you don't just even telling them when you make that decision, you make that decision. And and here's, here is how you do this. And here's what happens. And here's the consequences if you don't do it right. (laughs) And then, so I I just, I'm such a strong believer in not living, uh, um, you know, this rosy colored world, but not living in a, in a, in fear, but being prepared is much different than living in fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, being prepared. So uh, there's, there's also those that are over preparing out of fear as well. Yes, right. So absolutely. both it's like the fear spectrum It's like fear starts here and then it gets better or it's like a bell curve. Right. And then, and then it's back to fear again. And so now you're doing anxiously and, and, um, ridiculously doing all of these things right. because you're living in, now a new fear-based reality. And the fear-based reality is that all of these things are going to happen to you all of the time. Um, and you know, that's been something that I've been working through PTSD stuff where it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like if I drive on the road and IED is not going to explode probably. Right. Right. I mean, the, the probability is so low there that for me to freak out and to turn on that, um, and to worry about that is a, is a, a waste of my, brain capacity, a waste of my cognition, a waste of my emotions, a waste of my physical preparedness, right? Adrenaline, all, all of these things. So you can go, you can go too far as well. And so it's like, okay, what's a sustainable practice where you can, you know, practice these things and feel confident and, and have competence so that you are prepared when, or if these things occur. And then if they never occur, awesome. You're stronger. You can think better, right? You can, you can understand, right? Even just understanding the critical thinking capacity of walking through visually scenarios or whatever, which can help with business and it can help with relationships and it can help with communication and, you know, any, and all of these other things. These aren't Um, isolated skills by any means. In fact, I would say that they're some of the most transferable skills out there because you you talk about business, you need to be able to foresee, you know, actions and, and what, things you do, what consequences those good or bad, what those create. So yeah. it's, it's really good. Well, I'm really excited to hear you uh, talk more about rites of passage. And yeah. um, obviously uh, we see eye to eye on it. And, um, well, and, and there's, so there's a whole medical component that I, I walk them through. Oh, wow. We actually go through, there's a spiritual component for me. So, and so we go through like scripture memory, um, but then also just basic arguments and evidence, mm. right. And not just arguments and evidence for God or arguments and evidence for Christ, uh, which we do that, but it's like just argue, just understanding argument and evidence and logic. And so then they learn the nine rules of logic and, you know, most adults don't even know nope. the nine rules of logic. And then you go on any social media and you look at any, any back and forth where people disagree and you can tell that they're just, you know, fallacy after fallacy after fallacy, <laughs> Uh, that they clearly don't understand logic. And so it's not to make you a better arguer on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. (laughs) It's to help you think more clearly about just your own life, 
your own meaning and purpose and values. Right. And so, and we do like a whole, a whole like outdoor survival piece, because if they do get lost, I live out in kind of podunk, whatever, if they do get lost, I don't want to worry that, you know, they're for sure going to die if they don't find that road or, you know, whatever it's like, no, they'll be, they'll be all right. Um, and, and so that just having those basic human survival skills does something for somebody that's in the rat race. Right. So like, let's say I'm in the rat race, I'm trying to make that dollar. I'm, I'm going broke. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't pinch, you know, I can't squeeze two pennies together to make a, a dime or whatever. And I'm worried about my next meal, which doesn't really happen in the United States. Let's just be honest. Um, but the, you can go hungry. You're just not going to worry about, you know, you, there are ways to get meals and things like that anyways. So, right. But having these skills, it's like, well, what's the, I always think it's like, okay, so I don't, I, let's say I lose my job, um, or I'm worried that I'm going to lose my job. And so then I'm like freaking out and frantically doing that and, and taking away time from my family, my wife, my kids, whatever you start to learn these basic survival skills it starts to give you confidence. It's like, okay, well, worst case scenario is like, okay, I gotta, I gotta live like we did a hundred, 200 years ago. Like, I think things will be all right, especially in this comfort and convenience society that we have currently, maybe the, you know, balloon goes up and there's a war or something, or the proverbial ish hits the fan and, and society collapses or whatever. It's like, I, I don't really, not really that worried about it. I'll, I'll be, when that happens, I'll be worried about actually just connecting with my community and making sure that I'm serving them well and making sure that they're comfortable and being able to love on people and serve people, you know, the way that I should be doing even in my day-to-day existence. Um, there, so being able to break those things down and then teach those things, right. In, in a, in a fashion that's sustainable and, and can be habitual and routine, like, so it's not sucking the fun out of life or the recreation out of childhood or the play out of childhood. As a matter of fact, most of the things that I do and teach and the way that I teach it has everything to do with play. It's about like, they want to go shoot a bow and arrow. They want to go make a snare and see if it works. They want to go do any and all of these things. Um, yeah. And so I will say that there's, you know, there's many categories that I go down and I'm not saying every parent needs to, or anything like that, but think with the end in mind, and then you got to reverse engineer. Okay. So what, what are the small, simple things that I can teach at this age appropriate level? That's going to help set them up for the next age appropriate level. That's going to set them up for the next, that's going to set them up for the rite of passage. And right now I've got a 10 year old who is deep in it. Like she's been two weeks consistent working out with me every morning. And she's thinking about being able to pass the rite of passage. And Oh, here's the thing. I forgot to mention this. It's failable. Mm-hmm. Like they can fail and not do it. And guess what? That means they have to do it again. And failure early is way better than failure as an adult. Just yeah. ask uh, Scott or myself, any adult that's failed big time in their life. Uh, like, well, the moment that you were talking about in the house, like yeah. that was a big fail moment, right? right. Or, or the, oh, know, I see moment. it as a fail moment for sure. And, yeah. and, and, or, you know, I've lost, I've lost a business before. Um, you know, I've, I've lost a job before I've lost a position before in the, in the Marine Corps. Um, I've lost rank before I've, I've screwed up and, and objectified women and lost at 
creating healthy, uh, honoring relationships with, with women. Um, right. And so I failed in that. And, and so out of that, it's like, Hey, let's get them to fail when they're kids and then teach them that failure isn't final and they can try it again. I, I try to say this as often as, as I can, and I don't know that I say it enough, is that we should be designing situations where they can fail mm-hmm. and where we can be helping form the, the view of that failure and what happens next, which is you use it to propel yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know, So I love that you can fail a rite of passage. I think it's incredibly important, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's wrap this up. Because I could talk about this for hours. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. People can follow you, Aaron Guyette. I mean, and leaders of yep. leaders. Yep. Um, we'll have all those in the show notes. But um, I, man, I really appreciate it. Is there any final final things you want to say? What yeah, I mean, about? just the, the the proverbial. Yeah, you can kick yourself for not doing it, and if, so if you're feeling the feels and you've and you've come this far into the show, and you're like dude, that seems like way too much that, you know, and you're intimidated about it. And also you're probably beating yourself up about it. And so the easiest thing for you to do would be to do nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. That'd be the easiest thing. The, the problem with the, the path of least resistance is that it's going to create the path of most resistance, not only for you as a parent, but also for your children. Yep. And so do, do something small that is a little bit harder than doing nothing right now, today, just be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to look at some of the physical stuff. I'm just going to start doing a push-up or 10 minutes of push-ups with my kid and have them do it with me. And then I'm going to high five and hug them afterwards and love on them. And then we can go back to watching a show or whatever it is that you do. I don't know. Um, but start small, right. But start because if you don't, that path of least resistance, oh, it's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It is. Thank you very much, Aaron. Really appreciate it, brother. Have fun talking to you. Like I always do. So appreciate yeah, it. Me too. Honored, honor and a pleasure as, as per usual. I just love hanging out and chatting with you as well, Scott. Yeah. I can do it all day. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. You know, the drill go uh, subscribe if you haven't done it on the podcast and join the brotherhood of fatherhood group or follow on Instagram, whatever, just plug in because die, you need the, yeah. Yeah, you need the right people. <laughs> Uh, like Aaron in your life to, to, you know, help course correct. And we all need course correction, no matter how amazing you are, you need course correction. So uh, thanks again. Have an amazing day.